Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Talking Strength. Um, today I get to sit down with, well I got to sit down with um, Jenna Davies. Um, so Jenna and I know each other from a previous employment that uh, I worked at or moved over from South Africa for. Um, and she's actually a, a good old South African girl as well. Um, goes back home, so there's family there. Um, and yeah, that, that was probably one of the first things that we uh, connected together over when I kind of first moved out and, and got to experience her um, professionalism in the, in the workplace. And, and I think one of the big things that I admired about her the, in the first time of meeting her is her dedication to training and her um, intensity in training. So, you know, she, she'd always train early in the morning, kind of when I was taking clients. Um, and you could always see, you know, the dedication and the intensity that she brought into her training. She She's a strong girl. Um, I've had the pleasure of being able to work with her through last year as well um, in combination with another coach, Corey. And um, we kind of just, you know, bonded over strength, I suppose. And, and I got really close with her from that side. And, you know, she was going through things um, and we kind of go into that into the podcast. She unfortunately lost her mother um, at the start of COVID last year. And, um, you know, strength training seemed to be one of those, those outlets for her. We used to train in, in the dungeon um, which was my basement of my complex that I was working at. Um, and she'd arrive at 5.30 in the morning and, you know, we just got to it. We squatted heavy, we made things happen. And, um, you know, I, I respected her a lot from that side. She kind of just knuckled down and, and got it done. Um, so the podcast is, is pretty good, um, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, we kind of go into all things business as she started a new business again as COVID hit, which is uh, Jenna Davies Marketing Services. I mean, I she specializes more into the fitness industry. And um, if you are a personal trainer or fitness um, business, if you own a gym, anything along those lines, and you are looking for marketing services, um, I'd highly suggest reaching out to Jenna. Um, she does also have some new products that we kind of speak about that she's launched as well, which is called her um, My Game Plan. Um, I've had the privilege of being able to look at that and, and go through it and implement it, a lot of the strategies that she gives in that little ebook. Um, and, you know, it, it's probably the best $100 you'll spend. So enjoy. Um, check her out at jennadaviesmarketing.com or Jenna Ann on Instagram. Um, yeah. Like, share, subscribe, and we look forward to hearing to you. Enjoy. Oh, hello. Yeah, yeah there we go. No, no, we better. I mean, just there we go. Yep. So you're saying so. What's been happening? Yeah, so I am heading to the Gold Coast, which is super exciting. I leave in 19 days. Mm. I'm three weeks out from my WBFF show. This is my fourth show now yep. with the WBFF. And um, I feel like 2021, I've really just been dedicated to working like focusing on on my goals working towards the stage um working on my business i just launched a guidebook last night for uh personal trainers and small businesses or anyone online who needs help in that that online space which is called your game plan yeah. shameless plug yeah sh shameless <laughs> plug over there yeah. um other than that i've just been like doing a lot of work on myself as well I think like uh, I mean as you know I lost my mom last February and with COVID and I think the way people choose to deal with things or not deal with things I didn't really uh, address that but starting a prep 
and spending so much time like in solitude, yeah. sober, you know, you, you go through all your emotions. So I've been working a lot, like in all areas, like on myself, my physique, my, my emotional health and, and my business. Do you think that that's one of the, the um, misunderstood things of prep? So what I've seen with, with girls that go through prep is that solitude, like there's that quote of like a, um, a man should be able to sit with himself in a room for 30 minutes. Yeah, like definitely. It, it, it's kind of along those types of lines. It's like you go through prep and you're going through it with a support system around you, but it's very much alone. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think like I was talking to Nikki, my posing coach, and she has worked on a lot of uh, neuroplasticity or, or, or L, uh, NLP work as well. And yeah. she sort of said, you know, whether you like it or not, your central nervous system is so stimulated by a bodybuilding show. You've got posing, you've got cardio, steps, training, you look forward to your next meal. Everyone that you see is like, how's prep? You look amazing. Everyone on social media, like you don't even realize how much your life becomes about this show. And post-show, there is a you know people talk about post-show blues yeah there is a crash in that central nervous system because you remove so much stimulus yeah and i think the biggest thing that i've found <coughs> in the past with prep is like yeah you do go through this journey alone but when you have the goal you, people people have this whatever it takes mentality you know like i'll do anything for a short period of time long like short-term pain long-term gain but i think what you don't see is that when you remove that stimulus how have you actually transformed your life or your emotional health or your actual state of well-being? Because yeah. the biggest thing that I think even I've done in the past is you can use prep or a goal in fat loss or with anything, launching a business, whatever, as a band-aid because you work so much. It's something to distract you. A hundred percent. That's what it is. It's it's it, The band-aid is probably the best analogy for it because it's like, well, I'm not happy comfortable what whatever it is it's like i'm just going to divert all my energy into this one little thing to distract me from everything else exactly and you know what you probably see that in your business with like gem pop clients or look at like the f45 challenges yeah. and things like that they'll do whatever it takes yeah. for a short period of time but that's not life you know so there's and that's probably why we see that that um, weight regain or all that diets don't work 100%. because that's exactly it everyone goes balls to the wall all in for that 12 weeks or whatever it is yeah exactly and you know i have been journaling a lot yeah and um reflecting on every day i try and look at where i stood in my own way from myself and my goals or what opportunities did i have that day for growth what new opportunity comes and someone said to me, um, do you think that that process has changed your dieting mentality? And at the time I was like, well, they're not really related, are they? But they are because what I've been able to do um, is just be more present, spend some time each day reflecting on my actions. Yeah. And if you really want what you say you want, then you're going to see that every day and you're not going to stand in your own way. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's it's being um, present within the moment and understanding like what you did in that day. It it takes away those obstacles. A hundred percent. And I think <laughs> oh, Harry on the board. Good old, just just <laughs> yank it. He'll be fine. There's quite a lot there. Um, yeah, I think it's. I've never been a one for journaling. 
And yeah. I think we, we were talking about this earlier. It's like, this is why I started this. To yeah. me, it, it, I don't like the way my handwriting looks. Yeah. <laughs> and that's as simple as it is. So I found a way to do some form of journaling, communication, reflective work. Venting. Venting. Um, you know, it, as weird as it is, it's like, this is my journaling. This is yeah. my meditative process. Definitely. Um, and I agree with you. Like, it, it brought forth a clarity within my everyday life that almost enhanced everything else. So yeah. it's like I was doing a bit of like a little mini cut at the time when I started it. And I was just like, it just made everything else better. So I can fully understand what how you can relate those two together with your prep. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's like, whether it's a prep or the launch of a business or your job at work or your relationships at home, the art of like, as cheesy as this sounds, reflection allows you to actually see areas that you can grow or make changes and you know as a coach we you constantly look at client data you're the one that's looking at their data how often are they looking at their data or or people we are so we give so much to the world around us we give our performance at work we give all these things and we expect we're going to be climbing some sort of ladder but how much do you actually look at yourself and go dude i did I leave anything in the tank? Did I have more to give? Am I am I actually doing my best? Because, you know, I've noticed a lot of people, particularly through COVID, um, were unhappy. Yeah. And I found, I was listening to my friends, like obviously outside of health and losing jobs and, and uh, actual things to be unhappy about. I'm saying generally the people that you would think are seemingly happy didn't seem so happy to me. And I'm kind of like... Well, have you been actually, one thing I noticed is that there's no like sort of self-reflection going on. Like you're driving this ship or you're driving this car. Where are you going? Yeah. Um, the, the, it's almost like the car's on the road, but the road's not going in the direction at all. No one's, yeah, uh, everyone's on just autopilot. driving around. Exactly. Autopilot, everyone's just driving around and no one's taking the time to look at the scenery around them or what they've passed. And that's the reflective process, I suppose. Definitely. Definitely. And I think that's like, it's played a huge role in my training and nutrition because you think you have a goal and this comes back to what we were saying before, people will do anything for their goal. Um, But when you're actually able to sort of just focus on the day, do what you have to do that day, be present in your session, like actually train with intensity, get the fuck off your phone, like yeah, unless you're resting for one to three minutes, fine. But be on the gym floor when you're on the gym floor. Like, yeah. I think I've said this to you before. This was something I used to struggle with when I was, like, employed because I would work in my lunch break. Yeah. And I get, like, I wear my watch. I get emails. And I'm just like, I can't be here right now, you yeah. know. But it's like, no, not, the world's not going to end. I, I'm not going to lose my job if I just take another 40 minutes for my well, health. It It's... Being present in the task. So whether that's training, whether that's work, whether that's your prep or anything like that, it's like, I know when I go into the gym, it's like, I put my phone on do not disturb. Yeah. So I don't get any of my notifications. I don't get any of that. Like my music plays if I'm I'm listening to music at that time. And it's like, I will make sure that I'm giving 100% to the session. Yeah. And since making that switch and, and being present within the moment and to quote a word that's been thrown around us in the lo- in the industry a lot right now is like, what is the intention behind it? 100%. It's like that's true intention of training. It's like yep. I get more out of my training, going into a session, making sure I understand the intent behind it. Yeah, and I can get three 
intent-based sessions in and I'll get that much more progress than fucking around on the gym floor for five days a week. Yeah, definitely. And I think like this is something I noticed making the shift from heavy lifting to uh, bodybuilding, right? So when we were training in the garage, I was like, when I was leaving my house, yeah, the garage, a concrete jungle. When I was leaving my house, I was getting in my headspace. Like I was like getting in the car with my tunes, my oxy shred, whatever. I get there and I'm like, I'm ready to work, right? Yeah. And I'm like, get your head in the game. You've got a heavy, heavy set. Like you, you have to have your head in the game because you're lifting heavy. Yeah. Right. But w- what, why wouldn't, aren't you doing that for bodybuilding? Well, this is what I'm saying. So then it's easier to flick your, to switch your brain off for someone like myself because I love strength training. If I'm lifting lighter weights, I'm like, oh, it's not, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But what I've realized through this process of being reflective and, and all that is it's this, I've got to treat it the same way. Yeah, 100%. Like, it is. The, it's the same process. It's exactly. But I think that's like something that I didn't, in the past like I'd look at a, a a program that said 4 by 15 and go oh well like you know it's just a lighter weight I'm just going to squat 60 today and that's yeah, it yeah exactly whereas now I'm like uh, well actually my program at the moment I quite like because it's like a I go 12, 10, 8, 6 yeah, and then the 15 or something okay, yeah. yeah so I like it because I'm still working my way up and I'm I, that fourth set I'm fucked basically but then I'm like okay now I've got to back it off but I've got to um, I'm such a bro like, I don't want to back it off, but I've got to then hit those 15 reps. But the way that I am is if I don't hit those 15 reps, you're not doing the program. 100%. If you're going too heavy that you can't get the 15 reps, you're not doing the program. So, it's kind of like I then had to draw this conversation with myself one day where I was like, Jenna, it doesn't count if you don't finish the reps. And I'm like, but I don't want to drop the weight. <laughs> I, could, I just imagine you sitting at, at fitness first, like... There's one side talking to the other, just going, yeah. that's exactly what I picture going on. That's in exactly your head. what happens. Yeah. But but my point is that um, it's that process of being able to look at your own actions. Like, there's another quote, I've heard it, I don't know exactly how it goes, but human beings are the only mammals on the planet or animals on the planet that can reflect on their thoughts. We can think about our thoughts. Yeah. When you think about it, like, Harry doesn't go, I'm hungry. Wow. <laughs> Why am I hungry? You know what I mean? <laughs> they just go do things. He's just like, I'm going to go and annoy mom and yeah, get food. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like we got to use that to our advantage because I find when you have clients that you're, say, programming for or what I see with girls in the industry, and I say girls because I'm, I'm, I'm privy to such a large community of women yeah. with Mark's girls and things like that, but they don't necessarily commit themselves fully. So you were talking about intensity but they think, oh, well, this program's not that hard. So then they're not training with intensity. And yeah. then they're like, the program doesn't work or I'm not getting results. And I think that's... I, I would probably put that down to this... Um, the, the the gratification industry that we kind of... Or, or the livelihood that we current, that we live in. Where everything right now needs to be giving us satisfaction or, or gratification mm-hmm. within 15 seconds. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that's where that, I see that a lot of the time. It's like people are not willing to put in the work. Yeah, 100%. It's like if, if week one of my program doesn't feel good, it's like, oh, I give up on the program. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's, unfortunately, like we live in that environment, like Instagram. Dopamine it, it, rush yeah, every time a, you exactly. open your phone. So it's like, well, why aren't we looking to combat that in certain ways? It's like you're saying, it's like put in the reflective process. Yeah. Uh, and it's things that I've started trying to adapt in my, my coaching business. 
It's like I need to get people more aware of like what's going on. Definitely. They have to be more aware of going into the session, like understanding what's primed and prepped. So it's like now what I've done with a lot of my girls going into to sessions, like I've given them numbers I wanted them to try and target. Yep. And that's changed because now it's almost an external drive. It's like, okay, I have to hit these numbers. Yeah. It's like you having your little pep talk with yourself. It's like, yep. I have to hit these numbers for this rep. Otherwise, the set doesn't count. Yeah. So it's like little things like that. And I'm starting to see that dangling the carrot in front of people, it helps. Definitely. It definitely helps. I think there's a downside to that though. It's like, how do you teach or how have you learned within your process to not have someone externally motivating you? Well, I think that's a really good question. Like, if you think about the world we live in, we are we grow up externally motivated. You go to school, you get gold stars for working. You're yeah. like, from a very young age, we are conditioned and, and, or primed, programmed, whatever, to respond to reward. Yeah. Um, you know, you get dessert after dinner with, from, from your parents or you get a gold star at school or whatever. Yeah. And I... <sighs> believe this is actually a trait of mine that I learned when I was like 15 that I'm now trying to unlearn and repack differently for myself but I was like I went through a really hard family divorce downbreak um, when I was like 15 16 and I wanted to be a lawyer when I was in school and I was really good at legal studies and English. I was a great student. And arguing, yes. And arguing. Well, I know you're very good yes. at arguing, yes. But my parents split right at a time where I was like 16. My dad was caught high-flying corporate, never home. And I was like, well, I'm out, you know. I just did my own thing. I was hanging out with older friends who were finished school. And um, I was just living my best life, you know. I was naughty. And my teacher once, my business teacher came to me because I was getting good grades and she came to me and said, you know, you're the only one who's going to suffer for your choices in the long run. Like your dad may pay your bills now, but what are you going to do later? You, no one's going to be there for you. These people, you're part like, and I was kind of like, okay, lady, like, but you know, I could kiss her now because what I learned then was I was, this might sound sad. <laughs> what I learned was I, I was very much alone in my goals like I want what I want I want freedom I want time freedom I want strength I want health I want quality friendships you can't have that for me you know yeah. what I mean like if I want a 150 squat I've got to do the work 24 7 to get it not just in the gym with you you know and I realized that I want a lot of things really badly desire is strong and you put that power into other people's hands when you are so externally motivated so I have found like through prep for example you know I'm a social person 2020 I was far too social far too social partied enough for everyone on my Instagram but um but what I then found was okay well how am I going to keep myself inside like how am I going to be true to my goals and the, the funny thing with prep is you think you got all this time then you've six weeks out yeah so i obviously wanted to do i want to leave no stone unturned for this show i didn't want to get to six weeks out six weeks out and go okay time to nail it in so at like 16 weeks out i was like i can't go i can't go or or you know and i had to really sort of learn to that if my goals were my goals that only sacrifice. I could, only i could achieve them yeah exactly yeah um and how's that been with your your friendship circle and your your 
tribe or whatever you want to call it around you, how have their response been to it? They have actually been phenomenal. Like I um, had a moment where I thought, okay, now we'll see. You know, now we'll see who comes to sit on my couch. Yeah. You know, who's here with me when I'm tired at 9 p.m. on a Saturday? Who wants to go for walks? Yeah. You know, I've got friends that come over and we go sit on the bike now at Fitness First because it's raining and I need to move. I have my friends come over and we eat jelly. Like every single person that I can say that I've sort of been out and about with socializing, they've all really backed me. And I think like I've been through stages in life where you've only got friends of convenience or friends in the moment, you know, and, and I'm blessed to say I've got a big inner circle. Like I've probably got 10 really close, like best friends. That's a lot. Yeah. But I grew up around here and have um, been to a few schools. But you find deep down at the end of the day, I live alone and I'm single. So I still get lonely sometimes. And at the end of the day, I'm like, who really has my back? You know? Yeah. And it's nice to know that I can really say that these people do. And you don't necessarily need their presence all the time to feel that way, but um, th- it's their words of encouragement. It's their, them showing up or pushing me along. And and I just feel like one of the greatest blessings that I've been able to see clearly is these friendships, you know? Do you think that had anything to do with you creating boundaries around your prep and around your, your environment that you want to be in? So like I've seen a change within you in terms of like, it seems like you're saying, I don't want to say you're saying no, but you're, being more selfish with your time in a positive manner. Yeah, definitely. And within that, I've seen those that circle really flourish and really grow and and show you what I truly believe you deserve as a person. It's like people who are looking after you. Yeah, that's sweet. I, I definitely think that the setting boundaries was crucial for this. Like, And in a funny way, it's not necessarily setting boundaries with them. It was setting boundaries with me. Yeah. They aren't the ones being like, let's go drinking. You know what I mean? If I said, why don't we watch a movie instead? They'll be like, okay, you know. Um, but what I have found is that I needed to spend more time with myself to get comfortable in my own company again. Because after losing my mom, I was having panic attacks yeah. and I couldn't be like, alone like I'm so stimulated here on my own when I'm working yeah. it doesn't count yeah it's when I switch off that I'm like <gasps> the walls feel like yeah. they're creeping in and it, you know as bad as it sounds it's like the walls are creeping in it's like is a phone call going to come through it's like it, it'll bring back exactly. memories of, of what occurred and I don't I went through a stage where I couldn't even watch tv shows in case someone died or like I would just be like I don't I just I was I could not sit still and I was going to yoga and this yoga instructor said, um, some people would rather walk over broken glass than be still. And I was like, that's me. Yeah. That's me. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> and uh, my friend Amanda actually came over with this book, Stillness is the Key. And I was like, this is terrifying. The thought of stillness is terrifying. I don't want to read this. I don't want to learn to be still. Ah. But um, what I did in that process was allow that being alone allowed my friendships to flourish because we then started spending really quality time oh. together. Like it's one thing to go out jawling, like go out drinking every weekend. You realize people don't know what jawling means. 
like go party. I, I say that all the time and people look at me and they're like what is that i'm is a jeweler it's a jeweler <laughs> yeah south african things is how it is yeah it's like go it's one thing to go out party and be social and i, I like my friendship group that's all very abundant we are um my friends have all lived around here well connected in terms of restaurants or bars inviting people places there's always something to do yeah and now it's like you know, I see those same people now, even probably more, but on a one-on-one quality sort of level, we go for bushwalks, we talk, like really talk about things. And it's kind of like the having these, ba- going back to setting boundaries, I believe that setting the boundaries first with myself so that I could identif- spend more time on my own allowed me to then connect on the on this one-on-one level with them because what I first had to start saying was no I'm not coming but then it sort of turned into let's do something instead and that has allowed these conversations or these connections to sort of grow and prosper you yeah. know and I mean do you think that this is if you look back on it in 10 years or 15 years or whenever it is it's do you think that looking back on it and looking at COVID is is what's changed this so you've taken the positive of COVID with a you were doing lots of things during COVID, but yeah, you've taken you've taken the negative response that COVID instilled in all of us, and you've now created something magical out of it. It was so hard, James. Like I quit my job in January. I started my business in February. My mom passed on the twenty first. Her funeral was the sixth of March, and two weeks later, we were in lockdown. Yeah, and I lost my shit for like 12 weeks. Fair enough. She died on a Friday. She passed away on a Friday. So every Friday, I would get pretty lit. There's no other How else do I say this? I just couldn't deal with Fridays. I had, I'd wake up on a Friday and be like, <gasps> I'm that, that a... panic would set in. Yeah, and like, do anything possible to, to deal with it. It was horrendous. Like, uh, I've actually never spoken about this before, but like, I'm a morning person. I get up, I spring up, I spring out of bed at 5am. I can't help it. No matter how shit I slept, I'm just a morning person. I get up, I go to the gym, I'm excited. Like I try and journal in the morning, but I'm too excited to go train. <laughs> Seriously, I'm such a loser. And then I come back, I get ready, I like put music on, you know, and at 7.45, I'm going. I'm out At this point, I was working. So I was like getting going out the house and like, I would always call my mom in the car. And at this time, my stepdad was calling and I was just like, not going to get it because I was rushing. We were launching Mark's Challenge, first one. Then I was like, oh, I'll get it. Anyway, it was like that day stuck with me and the Fridays to follow for so long, right? And I was working with you and Corey at the time and I kind of had this moment where I was like, I've been getting pretty lit every Friday um, which is fine because, like, I was sort of bouncing back come Monday. Well, I thought I was. We were still training, was say, yes. lifting heavy, so, you know. Sometimes, like, yeah. I would walk into the gym and be like, I got my shit together, trust me. But I had this moment where I was like, okay, Jenny, you got to make a choice here. Are you going to be a victim or are you going to be a survivor? Like, and I'm still learning also not to be like, I'm a tough cookie, I'm a survivor because it's okay not to be. But yeah. my point is I, I made a choice where I'm like, this happened, it sucks, obviously, but am I going to play it out where I'm the one suffering? And I made a choice like back then 
to rein it in. Well, I didn't stop drinking or partying or whatever. Like at this point, it was like August. Te- brought the volume down, it, down a little bit. Down a little bit. Um, but COVID. Back to your question, I find I didn't have a choice. Like everyone, I know everyone has a choice as well. So, but what I mean is like. You lose your mom and go into a nationwide lockdown, global pandemic. My family's in South Africa. I couldn't go, which is where I wanted to go. I would have gone because my mom's sisters and stuff are there. And all of a sudden, and I live alone. (coughs) I felt really stuck. It was terrifying. That's why I got Harry because my psychologist was like, they can, patting an animal calms you down when you have panic attacks, things like that. Did that include him biting the shit out of you? He's aggressive. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But what I found was like, this pandemic was, I had nothing else to do, but like I ended up really working, working through it. Like I started a company, I picked up lots of clients. I worked 80 hour weeks in my, in my lap, in my apartment. And all I did was train. And, and, um, you know, I think that's how I made COVID work for me, but I still managed to avoid the big elephant in the room, which is grief, you know? And it wasn't until I started prep that I'm like, Oh boy. And and I knew that this would happen. So I've I've put in anchors. Like I'm seeing a psychologist weekly. I'm working with Claire, an energy healer, yeah. spiritual spiral. healer, spiral. Yep. Um and I I knew ahead of this process that this would happen. I was like, Oh boy, I'm about to go into solitude, sort like solitary confinement and I can't escape I my have emotions. My last meal. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't go drink or pot like or whatever. Not that I was drinking all the time. It sounds bad. It was just a weekend thing. But um, I was like, I need to set up some some parameters so that I can deal with my shit, you know. And that's where I found like the this whole sort of process has been a it's been a very strange time. I suppose I wouldn't say strange. I I think um, it's been very very much a growth period for you yeah might feel strange i know that uh, you know you are defining it and it's your definition of yes. it from that sense whatever it is what i mean is that like they say when you lose someone don't make any drastic changes <laughs> i quit my job started a company went to a global wide pandemic yeah. <laughs> like i was just kind of like you're the the exception of the rule yeah and yes. and the other thing is like everything starts coming back like you go back to the gym you can have friends over you can go out and eat but like she didn't yeah. You know, so that's what I mean when I say it's like strange timing. <laughs> yeah. it, it's funny how everything happened at, at the right time. And yeah. I, that sounds terrible. And, you know, obviously I'm not saying it's the right thing in terms of, of your, your mother passing. But, you know, you wouldn't be where you are today without that. No, definitely not. And I think part of that has definitely got to do with like you are your mother in terms of her strength. Yeah, definitely. Like if, if she hadn't instilled the strength that she did in you and the lessons that you learned from her, I don't think you would have made it through COVID. I also think, thank you as well, but I also think it comes back down to choosing. Like I said, I didn't want to be a victim and I made a choice to start doing Spiral and working with Claire and seeing a therapist. And, and I had to make an active choice not to suffer through grief like pain is inevitable suffering is optional or whatever the saying is and like exactly yeah yeah, and like I was obviously hurting but I was so terrified of hurting 
that I was having panic attacks. So I was so scared to be alone because I was scared of pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it takes a lot of self-work to actually go, hang on a second, like grief is love and I feel this way because I was loved and and to actually then accept, like, and I say this like heavily, you know, to really uh, truly accept it, um, you've got to, you've really got to do the work. And I think, you know, we, we all have things that we have been through in life at the come 25, 30, we've all got a bad breakup, some sort of family relationship we don't we've talk we've about all, or whatever. We've all got issues. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, the reality is a very privileged person who's blessed to have no problems in life may be traumatized by a breakup. You, someone else may be traumatized by the loss of a parent. It's the same. It's the same pathway yeah, that it's going they down. They feel that, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like the one thing that I found were my strongest anchors was strength training because I was working so hard and had that goal. Um, and then the the reflection of what I was actually doing. And I just was like, Jenny, you have a choice here. Like you have a choice to keep doing what you're doing. And, and it, it's, it would be okay to lose your shit for a while. You know, it's, there's no right or wrong way to grieve. But then I was also kind of like, I want to believe that my mom is here. Like everyone has, the, I find when you lose someone close to you, really, you really start to sort of question or, or strengthen your spirituality or religious beliefs. Like I grew up Catholic and, and you know, I've been praying to God every single night again. And it's just like you just – it strengthens your purpose in in some way if you let it. Yeah, if you let it and if you decide to open yourself up to it, I think. And one of the big things I think touching – or what you've touched on there, it's like making that choice to not be a victim. That in itself is like – one of the biggest healing processes that I think you could go through in any grief scenario. It's like if you purposely wake up every morning and you say like, it's shit, I'm going to get through this. Or yeah. th- like, and, and don't let it, you know, you're allowed to have bad days. That happens. But I think it's just making sure that you string the good days together and you are constantly making the effort yeah. to not fall into that victim mentality Yeah. that you're going to come out of it stronger. I think, like, you know, it's not why me, it's what now, yeah. you know. And the the biggest thing, like, I, I mean, after I started my business, I had, like, an impending threat of legal action from an ex-employer. And I... Um, Good old times, eh? Yeah, Good like, I just was really just in the shit. Like, I, it was my mom's one-year anniversary, and I went to Queensland four weeks ago, and I was on prep. I had a car accident up there. I had to put a cat down. It was her one year anniversary. And I was like, man, I need a break. And this is when you realize like all the coping mechanisms that you have when, y- when you're on prep, y- y- it's just you and your head. Yeah. You know, you can't do, unless you, unless your coping mechanism strength training, which I couldn't even do because c- I'm on prep, like, you know, um, you really sort of have to unpack your, sh- unpack your, your, your thoughts. Your thoughts. You have to be present and you have to be willing to to sit with the shit. A hundred percent. And be able to sit there and be like, this sucks. Yeah, it is hard. But but back to what I was saying, like everyone has these obstacles and there's actually a really great book I've got. Um it's called The Obstacle is the Way. Yeah. 
And Mark Carroll gave it to me after my first show. Um, I'm just, I wouldn't say I'm unlucky, but I'm just one of those frantic people. You know, there's always something going on. And I realize a lot of that, that busyness creates that. If you can actually just be calm and be present and be still and be level-headed, measure twice, cut once. I've been saying that to myself since you said it to me. You can avoid a lot of these things, but... My point is uh, uh, that book, The Obstacle is the Way, and I've been listening to LeBron James on the Calm app, <coughs> and yeah. I realized, like, you can't choose when you're going to get a clean a clean run. Like, you know, you hear gem pop people say, I want to do a 12-week cut, but I just don't, I can't clear my calendar for 12 weeks, so I'm going to wait till so-and-so. That's life. You, you'll never clear your calendar. You'll never know when nothing is going to come up. There's always going to be shit. Exactly. There's always going to be, uh, there's always going to be an obstacle that is in the way without, exactly. excuse the pun. But um, there's always going to be not the right time. Exactly. It's always going to be the Monday that doesn't coincide with you being able to get food or whatever it is. It's like, but if you wallow in that, that thought process, you're never going to get anywhere. Well, the principle is you've got to use the obstacle. Like what stands in the way becomes the way. So uh, I realized that bodybuilders on stage who place first, then I stood next to them placing second or whatever, they have a life too. They have shit too. What am I going to say? Oh, but I didn't win because I have shit going on. Yeah. It's all equal at the end of the day. Like, you all had the same amount of time to prep. Yeah. You all, like, everyone knows when the show date is. It's not like you come in on the Friday and you're a little bit, like, you're a little bit flat. Oh, I need another day of carbs. Just, can, can we, can you judge me the day after and then we'll make it fit like that's it's a it's a level playing field from that side and i think that's what you're saying it's like the obstacle is the way it's like well you well, know you i heard this quote in the book um i read this quote in the book or heard it because it was an audio book but course. um winners and losers have the same goal winners and losers have the same goal so when i heard that i was like well shit no one says i don't want time freedom financial freedom optimal strength optimal health a loving relation. No one says I don't want that. We all want the same thing in life, more or less, unless you want to join the army and be in solitude. Not sure. But my point is, like, what sets us apart then? What makes a winner a winner? And I don't just mean the stage. I mean winning at life. Life. Like, why do some people seem successful and other people struggle? And it's like, yeah, there's systems and tools, like good programming, quality nutrition, a coach that's smart, setting you targets that you know in that you can hit because they've calculated it and they're smarter than you. You know what I mean? Or how you use those systems. Like bring to bring it back to coaching, like uh, the plan doesn't work unless the client does. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. And it's kind of like you all, everyone listening knows more or less how to save more money, how to eat better, how to train harder, but they just don't. Yeah. It's... It, it's simple, not easy. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. It, it's a simple solution. Yeah. It's not easy. And people want easy. So as soon as they, they experience challenge or hard, they give up. Oh, you know what? I've noticed this. Like, So I, um, in the last 12 months, had like a little bit of an Instagram growth spurt, right? Uh, I'm very open on Instagram with what I share. And I've this is my fourth show. After my first show, I put on 11 kilos, blah, blah, blah. But I've always shared it. Yeah. I've been very open. And I get, I've get i been getting inboxes lately. God love you if this was you. 
Like, how do you get that line down your stomach? Or how do you do da 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 And I'm like, to be honest, I don't sell coaching programs. So I'm going to be very honest with you. Time. Three years, consistent building, never took a break, goes to South Africa and trains. I've not, I've taken breaks like when I've needed to, like a yeah. deload or a week off, but I'm not, I've never backed off training. I put in the work, but you know. that's not sexy, Jenna. Exactly. And that's the problem. And, uh, and that's the other thing that I'm finding, like, I say, oh, I got my calories to 3,000. How'd you do that? Time. Time. It is. It's time. That's, it, it's, that's the answer. It's consistency and time. Yeah. But unfortunately, everyone, and to bring it all the way back to where we started, it's like, it's not glamorous. It's not, it's not like, <laughs> it, it's not sexy and it doesn't give you gratitude straight away. Exactly. Well, I think the other thing is though, and I hate saying this because it makes me feel like life goes too fast. You know, we're already 12 weeks into 2021. Yep. Over. Yep. Way over. Yep. So where could you be 12 weeks from now? Like people grossly overestimate what they can do in 12 weeks and underestimate what they can do in 12 months. Like if you think about March 2020, I guarantee you, you will say, oh, it feels like just yesterday. Like life is happening. Yeah. So if you can just give up that desire, that, that instant gratification, spend some time going, actually, I'm just going to be present yeah. and just focus on the day. Yeah. You're going to get your best result you yeah. know and and it's not going to be overwhelming yeah if like you focus on one day at a time it it doesn't su- seem as as daunting as 12 weeks exactly and it, like you you had that saying during covid or, or whenever it was it's like let's win the day like yeah focus on the small little things the accumulation of small wins exactly yeah and you know that's i used to struggle with my relationship with food I had a job that was terrible <laughs> and stressful and I was like programmed like I would have to eat before work and then I'd get hungry or I'd get bored at 10 and then 12 and then 3 and then 5 and then dinner, you know, it made it dieting really hard. And what I found was, um, you know, if you just win the day and focus on, on what's on your plate and what you've got to do that day, you, those little sort of fixations on things, you can, you can kind of look past you know? Yeah. It, well, it, it it's blinders. Yeah. It's like the horse blinders. It, it just kind of helps you a little bit from that side. Yeah, definitely. I think too many people, you're right, it's not sexy. Like people want a pill. They want they want it fast. And, you know, this is something I will say. Um, I'm, I'm respectful of, of Mark for at the moment with his, his new challenge marketing is like eight weeks is just the start of a journey. Like he, there's so many programs on the market and, and well it's the one thing i'll be honest it's like mark does it really well yeah it's like you know i, I we, we've all spoken about this and we all understand it's like eight weeks or 12 week challenges like they're very difficult because they sell a, a time frame and we see a lot of people drop off of that and we there's a, a a lot of people get good results and there's a lot more people who get really shit results the one thing mark does really well is he provides education. Yeah. And what I see differently from that is it's not the standard challenge because it's eight weeks, but the amount of information he gives you... Mental. Well, literally, if you put that in place like for course. the next two, three years mm. and you 
you you don't do the sexy things you do the consistent things you can look back in two years time and go that that challenge that eight weeks yep changed my life one thing i will say is that if you are going to go hell for leather for eight or 12 weeks you're going to hurt yourself <laughs> like i did my first prep i spent eight weeks and this comes back to what we were saying before Eight weeks in keto. I was like, I can do anything. I want this so bad. And I did, which blows me away. I don't know how I did keto for eight weeks and survived. But anyway, I did it. I don't know how either. It fucked me right up. Like, I'm talking my relationship with food, my the post-diet. Like, too many people um, marketed to my job. <laughs> and and they, they buy into this sexy story and they're going to get their goals. But then it's like, then what? Yeah. You know, and it's it's like from a health and wellness point of view, if we're talking personal training and you've got these clients that commit and they do all these ex- drastic things, you know, that uh, this is a little bit si- of a side note, but the other thing I find, the clients get mad if you don't give them enough. Like, I know like if you just give them macros and a plan, they're like, what about supplements? What about food? What shouldn't I be eating? And if you're like, nothing. Just it's like, just don't overcomplicate it. But then they're like, it's not good value for money. Like, they, they I want this. I've seen trainers that go, here's your subs protocols. Here's your training. Here's your food plan. Don't eat these. And then clients feel safe and secure because they've got all this information. And and what I find with that is, and that's it'll come into marketing, and I, I know a little bit about it from that side. It's it's the post-purchase. It's that's what it is. It's making sure that the post purchaser, after they've spent the money, it's like they don't get the purchase regret. Yeah, it's it's the illusion of value. Yes. And and security because if you just said, actually, you can still eat that Krispy Kreme donut, people would be like, oh, this coach doesn't have my back. No, it's like what mo what that actually is setting up for is life. Like, you can get a crazy result in twelve weeks. Trust me, I'll tell you how if if you want to. We can do mad things, mad. Yeah. to get a result but I put on 11 kilos that way and it took me three years to get here I'm dieting I've lost nine kilos I lost four on 2000 you know four or five and my point is that doesn't come from these bells and whistles and protocols and and all that shit it actually comes from education commitment and and knowing that you've got to play the long game and I think that, like you said, that's not sexy, no. but too many people want it now. And unfortunately, if you're starting a diet on 1,700 calories, it's going to hurt. You should maybe consider not dieting. Like, Well, it's and it's funny that you say you got to play the long game. It's like I, I had a, my previous guest in the, in the last episode was a strength coach by the name of Sam Hall. Um, and we were chatting about injury prevention and and how we see a lot of people within the powerlifting industry right now and the the environment around is like so many people are chasing to get strong now. And it's like, well, it's a long game. It's like, I know that. I know know what happened when I went too hard, too fast. It's like, unfortunate, like I landed up with a hip replacement, but it's like, I went too hard, too fast. Yeah. It's like, if I had just played the long game and instead of trying to jump 10 kilos a month on my squat, whatever it was, it's like, Play the long game. Easy new- come, easy go. Yeah, it's it's those types of things. It's it's, but it's not sexy. I know, and the thing is, like, I feel grateful that I have a platform in fitness 
but I'm not a coach trying to make money off my audience for fitness. Yeah. So I'm honest all the time. If I could, not to sound like a dick, but if I could, I could come out with an ab guide. Yeah. Because everyone's like, how do you do that? I'm like, I was born this way. Sorry, but my genetics but that, are yeah. blocky abs. Like, you, you just, know? You, you can make up a little ab circuit three days a week and sell that. And I'm not joking. I'd make more money than I would off your game plan. <laughs> like, But my point is um, the women particularly are always dieting. And I'm so grateful that the market is like now reverse dieting is a buzzword. Everyone's like, I need to reverse diet. But their goal is still to diet. You hear them talking like, I need a reverse diet so that I can die diet, again. Yeah. And then I'm like, or oh, how long can I reverse diet for before I cut again? You're missing the point. You mi- yeah, just go to maintenance. Love it, yourself, it, man. Like, and, and no offense to a lot of people, but like, I lost five kilos to prep. No one really notices. Now that I'm in this unnatural stage, everyone's like, wow, well done. So my point is, you could lose the five kilos you keep telling yourself you have to. Maybe no one even cares. Why can't you just chill out there? I chilled out at 70 kilos for, for so long. And some of my friends said to me, the other, one of my friends goes the other day, I swear you look the same. And I'm thinking, fuck you. <laughs> but, but thanks, I yeah. think. Thank, thank, yeah, I know that was a compliment, but it's like. Yeah, she's like, you, I feel like you never look 70. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's also you comfortable in that position. You're comfortable with your body. And to tie it all back into everything, it's like. I don't think you would be able to do that if you weren't able to sit with yourself and and go into the reflective process and be present with everything going on, whether that's work, you know, business, uh, training, whatever that is. And and I'm, you know, we've called out a few pretty powerful one-liners here, but (laughs) what you focus on grows, right? I was focusing on getting my business launched. I was focusing on keeping my company afloat in the fitness industry in COVID. Go figure. Then I was focusing on not ruining myself after my mum passed. I wasn't focusing on on dieting, but I was still strength training, so I still made great gains. But my point yeah, is... I mean, 150 for three is yeah. pre- pretty good gains, yeah. But what you focus on grows. So if you are out of shape a little bit, give yourself some credit. Go look in the mirror if you feel that you're not where you want to be. Go and say, but what am I winning at? Maybe you've got an amazing family. Maybe you've just given birth. Maybe you've successfully started your own business in a pandemic. Maybe you've just moved house. Maybe you're hitting 8,000 steps instead of 5,000 steps. Exactly. It sounds so stupid, but it's those little things of of give yourself credit and give yourself the win. And and this comes back to desire, right? Like we were talking about desires. You will never have it all until you have enough. Yeah. Like, this is in this book, Stillness is the Key. And the, the concept, I actually sent you this book, the audiobook. The concept of enough is, it blew my mind because I went and watched Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman. <laughs> and this whole movie, everyone's like trading wishes and, and sacrificing something about themselves. I'm like, this is about having enough in life. Does, any, does everyone see this? Like, if you just believed that you had enough and stopped wanting for more and stopped spending money like upgrade your car that already works or I did that (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say just be careful there no but my point is like if you can just accept that you have enough everything that you have right now was once everything that you wanted right more or less sit with that for a second and go okay I realize that if I spend some time here 
Like people would kill to look like you most of the time. People would kill to have healthy working limbs. Yeah. Love yourself. Love your body. Go to sleep. Eat well. Stop fucking around with your food. If you, this is a side note, but if you've got any display, if you're displaying any signs of like disordered eating or not sticking to the plan, aka disordered eating, if you're paying someone to tell you what to do and you're not doing it time and time again, that's on you. It's not the coach's fault. It's on you. Then my point is you should not be in a landscape or environment where you're trying to change yourself. Yeah. Because it's just not the right time. No, it's not. And I think I think w- everything to sum up what you're saying here is it's perspective. 100%. It's having perspective. It's like I <clears throat> so like I wake up every mo- morning and I I'm thankful and so grateful to be in Australia. It's like I moved over 2 months 3 and months before your own the business. Yeah. I was mind blown by you when you opened your gym. I was like yeah, I, I went through a, a shitty experience at a <laughs> ex-employer, a cu- <laughs> <at> an ex-employer <laughs> whose values did not match mine, and yeah, you know, unfortunately, that was the kick in the ass I needed to move from South Africa here. But in saying that's like I, my perspective is like I can walk to the coffee store and go and grab a coffee. I can go to the beach every day if I wanted to. I can go to the gym. It's like I know family and friends back in South Africa who. They can't do that right now. Or they, they, it's a struggle. It's a mission. It's like my mom sits at home and like she gets the groceries delivered to her. It's because she's of an age where she is at a higher risk and she's obviously like she she's in the higher risk category. And it's like, I don't want anything to happen to her. Yeah. It's like, I could be back there. I could probably have lost everything because with COVID in South Africa, it's like I would have struggled. Yeah. I would have really, really struggled. And I'm not saying I didn't struggle here, but it's like... I also turned around and like you said, it's like, I made a plan. I think that's, as South Africans, we're pretty good at that. Like yeah, we, yeah. we make we're a plan. Survivors. <laughs> survivors. And I think like I opened my business, you opened yours and you've launched the game plan now, which, yep. you know, I think is literally a game changer in terms of what is going to happen with your business and the influence on coaches and, and entrepreneurs or, or people who have small businesses Definitely. I mean, the the biggest thing that I see, right, and you, this may parallel with with clients in in health and fitness, is people know more or less what they want, but they just can't get it, and no. they don't know why. Like for example, you say you want to lose twelve kilos or ten kilos, but you just can't seem to stick to your plan. Or you might say you want more online clients, you want to launch an ebook, but you just can't seem to make it happen. You're a pretty smart dude, people with pretty smart clients, but for some reason, it's not happening. They're not taking action. Like your game plan, I created it because I put in all the templates that I use, like content calendars and launch timelines and all of this. But I'm like, you just need a step-by-step guide to bring your brand and presence to life. Just like a newbie client is like, just tell me what to do. Yeah. You know? You you need the program. You need... Phase one accumulation to phase exactly. two accumulation or intensification, and and that's what you need. And I think that's the beauty of what you've created. Like you've put a lot of time and effort into this, and like you know, it's been a really good distraction with prep. I think from that, yeah. and it's, but it's like to not take the effort amount or the effort away from what you put into. It's like you've been working on this with your clients for the last year, essentially, and testing it out and and making sure that everything works. It's my life's work. Like, I went to uni. I went through businesses and corporate companies where everything was so systemized. Like, as a young marketer in corporate, you don't get free reign. You can't just be like, I have a plan. (laughs) 
you got to show documentation. You've got to present. You've got to follow this, the system. So, like, everything has always been, everything I've always done has been very structured and documented. So, I'm like, I've learned and developed these systems and templates and tools. And when I started my business, naturally, I went into the, f- I, I consulted to fitness, you know, like, I, I, it is applicable across many industries, but very much for fitness. And what I found was I have a, uh, I was selling coaching packages of calls and I would like work with you to bring your game plan to life and I'd get everyone on the on the first call and I'm like you are all in the same place it's the same thing that no one has systems in place no one ha- it, it's all the same it's just a slightly exactly. different business name so I then was like fuck I'm repeating myself every session and although that's easy money for me I was like you know what I actually need to do I need to give these guys a thing to follow before they start working with me. And that was where the idea came about. Because I was like, when you come to me for your marketing strategy, I need to, a product or a service or an idea to strategize for. Yeah. I can't, I can, but I don't, it's expensive if you want to pay me. But like, I can't sit there with everyone and be like, okay, you're a really great educator. You speak well, let's do a course for you. And you yeah. look amazing and you're a female influencer. Let's get a squad together and you like you got to know what you want and why you want really why you want it and and this comes back to even like success in dieting with gem pop if you know why you want something really truly attach a why to it then you'll bring it to life yeah and i think you know uh, people might see it as a product and it's just a product that's out there what i see from that and what i hear you saying it's like you don't want to waste people's time and money exactly so you want people to get as much, you want to make a meta impact. You want to make as much of a uh, an impact on all these coaches you can for a price that is extremely affordable. And, you know, once they've built that, they've got the brand, they've got the image, they might have a product or they might have a course or whatever it is and they want extra help or they want to really 10x their product. Yeah. It's like, then you spend the money because it's expensive and it's supposed to be expensive because of what you get from it. Yeah. But if you now come with your... You come with your eggs. You come to Jenna. She can now make your breakfast. Exactly. Instead of coming there, Jenna having to supply everything. And I think that's like it's it's a game changer in the industry and the market right now. And I think it's like probably there's a lack of perspective on what's expensive in in business. Like if you spent that book costs less than an hour of my time, and. That's not just me. I'm not being a dick. Like that book costs less than an hour of any personal trainer's time, most likely as well. Like uh, those templates have been developed to make my clients and companies up over millions of dollars. Like if you can actually, if you can bring about like your game plan is the system that I followed to launch your game plan. So if you can spend $99 and then create something and sell it for $99, you You've made your money back. No brainer. Yeah. You do one of them and, and, you know, you you give up your time to create it. You've made your money back. Exactly. But I genuinely like, and I'm not shy to say this, like I want to change the world. Like I want to change the world. And I think the only way, like, you know, I think Gandhi said it. (laughs) Here we go again. (laughs) We're very philosophical on this podcast. I'm going to have to go go through this and count (laughs) how many times we threw out different quotes. Change one person, change the world, you know, like, or to change the world, you must first change with yourself, whatever. But we'll go with both of those. Yeah, we'll start. They're pretty good. Pretty um, good. And I just think if I can help you make your clients' lives better and help you help people at scale, it's like the seven degrees of separation, right? Like, 
the flow on effect, the world changes. <laughs> flow on effect. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's it. It's it's just I think so many people can benefit from it and you know, you put the time and effort into the strategies of, of what you've created. It's like it's a no brainer. And it's customizable. The whole thing's templates. Excel yep. spreadsheets, you know me and my Excel. Like, well, yep. Yeah, this, like that's why we get along. I don't give you it's not me pushing my plan on you. It's literally your plan. I just teach you how to put it out of your head. Because what so many people say to me is, oh, I just don't I haven't had time this week. I haven't, and the, or like, I just don't know what to do. Or, how, or I want to do a course. Or I want to do a challenge. Or I want an online offering. But I just don't know what. Well, I, have you spent any time looking at what your competitors are doing? No. Oh, I mean, you look on Instagram. But have you actually saved this content? No. Have you spent any time buying your competitors' products? No. Do you know what your competitors say or or how they can communicate with their their online clients? No. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, fuck, you haven't really done much work, have you? And use that insight. If you want your Instagram to treat you like a business, to pay you like a business, treat it like a business. Yeah. You know, if you want your training, if you want to look like a bodybuilder, train like a bodybuilder. If you want to anything in life like just do it do do it well you yep. know and it put intention it's an intention behind what you do it's a, it's intention behind your training it's intention behind business it's intention behind how you live your life exactly i, I think you know you can learn a lot from just being intent with with what you do yeah exactly and i think that i learned that being haphazard or half-assed costs time and money measure twice cut once Once. and i have cut corners i've been lazy i've done things half-heartedly i've done bodybuilding shows half-heartedly like yeah you pay to learn if you want to um it's expensive lessons it's very expensive yeah but like i'm telling you like if you are gonna put in 50 percent you're gonna get 50 percent or less back like Don't be surprised. It's fine. You made a choice. Yeah, but don't don't be upset about it. Exactly. It's like you you put in the fifty percent. Don't be upset if you get less than that. Exactly. Back. And I think the biggest thing that I've learned is like through stillness and reflection and perspective is if I'm only gonna do this once, what do I need to do to actually move on? Like I um saw this meme and I laughed because I'm like, oh boy, I can relate to that. It's like my head is like a, a Google Chrome browser with 17 tabs open. I can't figure out where the music's coming from and one of them's not loading. Yeah. Close the fucking tabs. Like do one thing at a time. You know, um, another great book I've read is Habit Stacking or Atomic Habits. And I always talk about habit stacking, like how you can attach. Let's say, for example, you're, you're an avid trainer. You love to train. You want to look your best. So you go to the gym five days a week. But your mobility sucks and you don't have any time for your mobility work attach it to your training session, right? Get it done. Like, be smart about it. Um, so there's ways that you can work smarter to bring or strengthen your business and your brand to life. But also, then, having said that, I want to point out the importance of doing one thing at a time well. Like, if you are going to be habit stacking, when you're doing that one thing, just do that thing well so you only have to do it once, you yeah, know? Yeah, just make sure that you get it right, like, Measure twice, cut once. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I think it's just been a big, big year of lessons. <laughs> it's just big year of lessons and and learning quotes. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we've been going an hour, so I think that's 
we'll, we'll kind of call a it coffee there. Coffee catch up. Um, we'll call it, yeah, a little coffee catch up. Um, do you want to just kind of let people know where they can find you? Like yeah, you, definitely. Uh, Guys, my name is Jenna Davies. I'm on Instagram as Jenna Ann. It's J-E-N-N-A-N-N-E. Actually, my middle name is my first name backwards, so that's why I did that. I got Instagram in 2008. It was like a photo editing app. I didn't realize it would stick. Um, and JennaDaviesMarketing.com for your game plan so that we can start bringing your vision to life. If you have a message, if you're helping people, you've got to get it out there and whether it's financial freedom or just to help people train less like an idiot, um, you need a plan. Perfect. Thanks for having me, James. Anytime.